Hello Rebels, before we kick off today's episode, let me ask you a question. What if we could help you unlock your marketing superpower in one day or less? Actually, to be precise, I mean three hours. Yes, you heard it right. What I'm asking you is three hours of your time to join us for a brand new intensive experience on Marketing Deep Dive. One day masterclass that will help you create marketing strategies that capture hearts and mind. And every single masterclass is going to dive deep into one of our favorite topics of marketing. Maybe that email marketing, hiring, or even automations and beyond. If you want to get the fast track ticket to become irresistible, then I suggest you check out our upcoming marketing deep dive, where you're going to get two hours of hands-on training with lots of exercises and practical group work as well. Plus one hour bonus office hours and Q&A. Oh, and we also have a personalized dashboard and bonus templates to help you apply what you learn in our three hours. And just to put a little bow on it, you also get a certificate of completion to show up wherever you can see. If you'd like to find out what is coming up next and which one is our next marketing deep dive, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash masterclass. There you'll be able to find our schedule with our upcoming masterclass for you to join. On with today's show. Ever watched a video and felt like you've been invited into someone's living room? Well, pop the kettle on because today we're diving into how that magic happens. Meet Kevin, longtime YouTuber and absolute legend behind countless of Epic Home Studios, even the ones you would not know about. He's the guy who's making us all rethink our spare room choices and is absolutely excited about the idea that a rising tide lifts all boats. For him, it's all about the genuine human touch in videos. And that's what brings everyone aboard and keeps them floating. Now grab your notepad because Kevin's here to spill the beans on creating content and a studio that gives you all the feels. We're chatting about the sneaky tweaks you can do in your studio that will have folks going through. Oh, that's nice to blimey that hit me right in the feels have a wonder what it takes to make a space cream hey you come on in kevin's got the lowdowns on the power of layered lighting creating that and something called c lab ready to turn your video game up to like an 11 then you are in the right place let's jump in and may today's class begin Um, Kevin, I'm going to start by telling you two things. First of all, a weird thing that I love looking at, like a weird obsession I have, and it kind of leads into how I found you. So the weird thing that I love doing is actually looking at the setup of people's kind of recording mini studios, sometimes even just the desk. I just love looking at them. And obviously within that, I also like to look at just the backgrounds. The reason why I'm telling you this is because how... The lovely Kevin who's here with us today came up is that I was looking to figure out the background for our own mini micro studio, which is actually my office, because this has been built and painted and decorated by my husband, mainly, let's be honest, and a tiny bit of myself. I did one picture, Kevin, where it shows that I was holding a paintbrush and that kind of means that I was doing something. 
<laughs> like this is a picture of the show instead of doing doing something. So as I was scrolling on Twitter because I kind of lost pace, patience with uh, Pinterest, you came up about a gazillion times, which was amazing because <laughs> some of the <laughs> people that I know as well, I think you actually helped some of you know my call it call it like ex friends or like you know Twitter friends or whatever. So. I saw you coming up so many times and I also kind of looked at some of the stuff that you mentioned in some of your threads and I kind of learned about, you know, how to make this little bad boy look a bit better, even if I already had a starting point. So this is a bit of to say how I found out about you. And also thank you for helping me create a really cute background and people really give us compliments, even by just digesting your amazing free content. So thank you, Kevin. <laughs> oh, thanks. That means a lot. That's so cool. I love the internet. It's amazing. You know what I love about it is that the reason also I wanted to share it is because there's a big lesson, I think, for all of us, especially if you're active online. If actually somebody touches you in one way, it's actually nice to tell them, especially if you get to talk to them. I mean, in this very public podcast space as well, I guess. But it's nice to be able to tell them because we think they know that people consume their content or we read things because you see, you know, likes and hearts and saves and things. But I don't think we think about it enough. If you know what I mean? Like, so it's nice because it actually reminds us that, oh, yeah, that thread that I took hours to write because I was trying to get it right. Somebody actually took action from it and they got something out of it. So very much thank you. Thank you for making yeah. me look nice and cute. I like what you're saying because, like, that's definitely something that I struggled with for the longest time and still do, which is I think we as human beings think in stories and experiences and not numbers. Like, and so seeing... You know, my brain can't comprehend the difference between a thousand and two thousand likes or like what does a million mean? What does two mean? And I think the the joy of the human, like the reward system we have innately for helping other people, we don't get that when we just see numbers. You know, and I think a lot of times we get burned out because we're not getting that feedback from real people. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Actually, I, I love what you said there as well. So thank you, because it really kind of sets in stone also how we start kind of interacting with the online world and then how kind of slowly we start learning actually what it looks like for us. And I think once again, because people see what we build and how we build it, you know, the big numbers, as you say, or maybe like, you know, the people that we touched, it's kind of hard sometimes to remember that the person that is still behind still has you know, whether it's some misconceptions or maybe some hangups or, you know, we're still all trying to build our confidence day to day and kind of almost kind of hype ourselves up to show up because actually I think there's a lot of grace in showing up even the days where maybe you're like, I'm so tired or like I can't do yet another take of this video and you're like, I'm going to show up again because I know that my audience is going to get something out of it and I think it's part of the evolution of being online and showing up online. And with that in mind, actually, I want to ask you one question just to lead us into the combo. And is, can you think about one thing that really motivates you to get up in the morning, obviously do all the good things that we do in our morning routine, and then actually get back to work, back, get back to your little studio, wherever you go, and get started to work? What is something that really motivates you? I think right now in this moment, one thing that I feel like I'm designing my life around personally is... I think work is just really fun because you get to sort of be playing a video game all the time. Like when I was a kid, I would be super into Pokemon. I'd always be thinking about like, okay, which Pokemon do I want to level up? Which one do I want to train and put more hours into? But you weren't allowed to do it all the time as a kid. And with business, I definitely have days where I feel burned out and where I feel, you know, like 
oh, okay, I'd, like work is on my shoulders and just feels like it's just too much. But when I'm not feeling that way, it's just really cool because you have this thing that you kind of always get to be excited about. It's kind of like this thing where I always love having a TV show that I'm halfway done watching or a movie I'm halfway done watching because you know there's something that you're excited to do as soon as you get a chance to watch something. You don't have to think about what am I, what can I get excited about? You know, you don't have to invest yourself into something new. And so I think having work that kind of is this constant journey, a constant snowball, it's a machine that you're kind of building a little by little by little. Watching it grow, it's like gardening. I just find that to be really exciting because it's just something that you constantly are just invested in already and you can solve it and build it into whatever you want to build it into. Kind of as a side product, you build yourself and you grow yourself. And I think that is such a tangent, but it's kind of one of the most important things I think in life and what I find joy in personally. I absolutely love that because I resonate so much with the idea of actually, you know, the journey itself, but also what helps me keeping myself accountable is sharing that journey and kind of sharing, you know, some of the things that I'm learning along the way, as you say, is like, because the journey continues and I find that what I'll say, though, uh, kind of bringing back my good old friend, Kevon, twice guest of the pod. So Kevon Chong, if you don't know him, shout out Kevon again. Anyway, you know, building in public, which is always something he talks about all the time. Building in public is actually a practice and we think we would naturally do it. But even for me that I like to actually document what I do, you know, I used to have a diary and a planner and all these things. It's actually really hard to find the consistency and actually find the commitment and putting ourselves back because we're so busy doing so many other things. So I love the the mindset that you're bringing up and the, the, the reframing of it is like when you enjoy that journey, when you enjoy what's coming next, and then if you can make the time to also kind of recollect, you talked about stories earlier, collect those stories and create those stories, maybe they have to be very packaged and refined, but then they can also be shared with your audience. And not only you get excited and you find that joy, but I think also your audience gets to see a side of you that is the one that is still learning. And also I think it makes you more relatable to that point, which it's kind of what we want because at the end of the day, Kevin, I mean, I said at the beginning before we jumped on, look at your beautiful background and all the setup and all the little things. And I'm like, oh, and mine is literally a beautiful hot mess behind me. Terry's hiding somewhere. Terry is that. Terry is the avocado. If you cannot see it, then you have to at least watch one of our YouTube videos to see Terry the avocado. There's two of them. But I know it's a bit of a hot mess, but I like it. But what I was going to say was, you know, even if you are amazing at what you do and so skilled and so talented, it's nice to see, though, you know, the journey of building a business around your passion for helping others, creating a beautiful online home and virtual studio home. <laughs> if that oh, makes thanks. sense. Now, I have to ask you one more question, and then we're actually going to get into our little class in session, because then you can tell us a bit more about, obviously, your passion and, and what you do. What is and what was your favorite ever Pokemon. That's what I mm. want to know because I was a fellow Pokemon fan. So I want to know. Yeah. Oh my God. There's so many. I want to say the one that jumps to m top of my mind is Blastoise because obviously one of the original, you know, three starter Pokemon maxed out, but also I had a Blastoise card, holographic card. I forgot how I got it. I think it was in like a booster pack my mom got me, but then for some reason I traded it away. And so like, that's the one I go like, oh, I should not have done that. That was my favorite one that I had. And then I, I think someone traded me like probably some snacks or something <laughs> as a kid and I didn't know better. So yeah, Blastoise probably. 
feels like the one that got away a bit <laughs> yeah that's what, a bit like what it feels like uh and i love that and you know if you don't know blastoise is a, is a turtle right right blastoise it's is the big, turtle isn't it chunky turtle it's a big chunky turtle and it gets like super powerful when obviously when it levels up as well and it evolves and mine everybody i mean if you're a dear, dear and loyal listener you will not be surprised i'll tell you what just a name i want to see kevin's reaction before i tell you who it is mine was jigglypuff oh nice because he was very underrated the little guy and it was really cute and you're like oh it's adorable he's pretty big what though can do? like i know but it's, the... a, it's, <laughs> it's cute and 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 it comes in with his little mic and you're like oh you're adorable and then what it does is that he's also mischievous though because when he sings what happens is then you fall asleep and then he likes to kind of like um draw on you so I kind of liked him because I thought it was a bit underrated and also it was really cheeky. And I feel like that kind of sums up who I am. Uh, not maybe the underrated, <laughs> but definitely the cheeky. <laughs> not a great singer though, everybody. I'm really sorry. So yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you because I always love, because that's again, that's another thing that connects me to my childhood, like Pokemon. And I had it in my Game Boy. Again, hello, hello Gen Z. We had Game Boys and I used to play like, you know, Pokemon Gold and all these things. And so, you know, the little things that connect us that I find really, really fun and and kind of like they kind of give me a little bit of spark of joy. Now into though, a bit more of the current passions. We looked at our older passions, reconnecting with those as well. But new passions include, in this case, obviously talking about the tube, as in the YouTube. And obviously what you do and what you help people with is setting up these amazing studios. And I love, again, the way that you also break it up for people. And in our class in session section, we actually look a bit of like teaching and learning. And just to kick us off into this topic, I want to ask you, Kevin, if you were to teach our students and our listeners one thing in one minute about setting up their own studio, setting up their own background, setting up their own YouTube, what would that one thing be? I think the biggest thing that I hear from people who want to work with us in our course or clients who hire our team to design and build their studios for them is overwhelm. It's just such a huge, heavy lift in the words of Tiago Forte, like it's one of the big things that you kind of have to, like you kind of have to set aside a whole bunch of like time to just do this one thing. And it can be such a huge demand for like, you need so much exit velocity to get past this task of learning how to design your space, learning how to light your space, learning how to do audio properly, doing how to do camera settings, understanding the physics of optics and lenses and how to pick the right gear, workflow, it can get very overwhelming. And the biggest thing that I find people getting stuck in, me, myself too, is we're just kind of not sure what to do. It's like we could kind of do steps if, if someone told us exactly what to do, but we're just so afraid because things are expensive to take action, right? To buy a camera, you don't want to pick the wrong camera. Lighting is also just like incredibly complicated to design, right? And we don't really see how things are lit when we like an image because the lights are outside the shot, right? So what I would say is, Thinking back to like how to navigate that whole thing is just kind of coming back to what is what is the thing you're trying to design? You know, having a compass for this really complex journey. I know this is longer than a minute. I'll try to wrap it up. But I try to get people to understand this concept of the emotional payload of your content. Like, why are we trying to create content? Why do we want it to look good in the first place? What are we trying to communicate? And it all boils down to we're showing up for somebody either, you know, at scale through broadcast or one-on-one -on, -one on Zoom and we want them to have some kind of impact, some kind of transformation in their life 
to either work with us or just kind of leave some impact behind. And so in order for them to do that, they have to feel a certain way. So I ask people like, what would your life be like if everyone you met or talked to already felt a certain way about you, already felt a certain way about your content? They felt like it was somebody they trusted already. They felt like you were a safe place where they could genuinely just open up and just kind of hear what you have to say. They already trusted that you had stuff worth listening to. So they gave you the time of day to actually consume your content and all these things like that is marketing and sales and all this stuff. Like that's the whole purpose of why we show up, right? It's like to, to help somebody feel some way so that they can take action to go do something. And so your studio is a way to do all of that. And so if, if you're feeling overwhelmed, the solution is not to just go, I just need someone to tell me exactly um, which camera. I should get. So my uncle does bird watching. He has a camera. Let me just copy that exact camera. It's like, no, you need something that's designed for what you want. So figure out what you want first and all the design decisions and tech decisions stem from there. So that was a really longer than one minute answer. <laughs> <laughs> what we're going to do, we're going to cut it to kind of make it like one minute by magic. However, I wouldn't want to do that though, because you actually painted a great picture. So we're not going to do that. But it's okay. It means that there was a lot of context and I think it's important because one of the things that I was thinking as you finished off was what comes back to me is the idea of welcoming, you know, regardless of how the, let's put it the picture or the video, obviously it's going to be a video, but the picture obviously of seeing you in the studio and you know, obviously with the background and everything, how can you make it feel welcoming as you say so that it can build trust? So I really found it fascinating and I think without the context it would have been harder, so you know, we love the fact that it was more than a minute. And actually, and one thing I want to add as well to that is that I think it's really interesting to think about it as another step of kind of building that relationship funnel that we know is so important when it comes to marketing. And also, and correct me if I'm wrong, and this is kind of where I want to go next with this as well, is I think there's also an element of experimentation. And I think that's also another fear and other hangups for a lot of uh, creators or people that want to be in front of a video like I stopped myself from doing videos, especially even just for us to produce in the video version of the podcast for so long, because one, I hadn't moved into the house that we bought, which is fair. But then after that, uh, this this room took six months to actually completely redo. So it was a long time. And so it took me a long time to be like, I don't really like where I was because it was a halfway room and stuff like that. And it's hard because if I hadn't started at the end, I just gave in and I was like, I'm going to try, I'm going to do a few anyway. And I was able to play because I wasn't putting so much pressure for it to be perfect at first, if you know what I mean. And I think it's finding the balance between obviously wanting to make things look good, but also being open to experiment to see what works good and works well for us and our audience. So we'd love for you to elaborate on that and what advice would you give? This is my personal experience, how I found they helped me, not just to be hang up, to have this ready to actually do something with it. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong, maybe there are other ways to do it, but I would love to hear your opinion because that was one of my big hangs up. It has to be perfect before I even do a video. I was like, no, no, girl, just let it go. Yeah, that's personally one of the things that I struggle with the most too. I think a lot of folks who get into this space tend to be high achievers or very creative people and we have a lot of high expectations for ourselves. And the difficult thing about a video setup is it matters so much to us because we see ourselves in it, right? It's not just this piece of thing that we can throw on the internet and like, it's whatever. It's like, it's us, right? And so we want to do a really good job, but at the same time too, it's hard for us to 
know it's what we want until we see it because it's kind of a feeling thing. And so what I tell everyone in our course and the clients we work with, it's like the best thing you can do for this process to end up with the studio that you love is to lean into taking action. So if you're afraid of painting a wall, right, that's, yeah, like that's one of the things that people are so afraid of because it takes a lot of time and effort. I have to remind them, you know, if you pick the wrong color, A, lighting and camera settings will teach you how to like make it not as drastic of a, you can make a whole variation of different colors work. The brightness of like, oh, it's too bright, it's too dark. Don't worry, that's fine. But also people don't realize you can repaint a wall. <laughs> it's like you can, you can return your gear. You can move a bookshelf. There's things that like, it's more important that you just try something because then you'll know. You know, and this is advice that I have to keep giving myself because I struggle with this on the daily of, I want this email to be perfect. I want this video to be perfect. And I tell my team like, hey, just tell me that it's good enough. Like remind me that it's it's the engine we're building and not that specific one action that that has to be perfect. So same with the studio. Your studio is alive and it is gonna grow with you as a person. I recently added this little slat wall in there. And before that, I think I didn't have these pillows. So it kind of grows little by little and you try adding stuff. I have this little alpaca picture frame that I got and I, I put it in there, realized it was too small in the background, so I took it out. So there's all these different things that you'll experiment with and you'll slowly keep the things that you like and mutate the things you don't like. It does take a little bit of time, but really like if you're stuck afraid of making any move, it's just make one move to get started because then you'll understand where you should go next. I love that. And I th I love the, the kind of breaking it down into like the next steps. And also I think it makes it a bit more fun for us as an experience. And I kind of actually wanted to ask you about that. Cause I think again, if somebody is literally starting out and you just have an idea from watching other people's YouTube videos and you're like, Oh, actually there is some thought in uh, kind of how they set up their studio. And trust me, there is because then Steph, shout out to Steph who had the pod and video and everything. She is amazing and obviously she does a lot of video and, and content editing as well. And so she started like throwing at me all the possible videos about the rabbit hole that is YouTube setups. And I was like, whoa. So there is a world that if you're just kind of tiptoeing into today, well done team. But I find that for me, what was really helpful was just to have fun with it. And as you say, try things. And I know that you've been doing a lot of setups. You work with a lot of clients and I'm sure you've seen so many from your courses. But I have a question for you. Can you think of one example of maybe it was a client, maybe it was a student that you work with for their studio, for their setup that was actually really fun? I'm sure they all are in different ways, but was the one that you actually found that was really creative and really fun and like a great experience that maybe you can share with us as well? The top of mind right now, uh, the one that sticks out is we're in the middle of building out the studio for Ship 30 for Dickie Bush and Nicholas Cole. And the reason, it, it's not done yet, but the reason why that one sticks out is because they got really excited when we started talking. They're like, oh my God, we want to, we want this whole like business we have is about shipping things, like shipping your, your Twitter threads and stuff. They're going with like this boat nautical theme and they really wanted to lean into it and weren't too concerned about like, oh, everything has to be you know, like with a tiny little budget or like they really want, understood the value of investing in a studio that's going to pay back dividends. And so they're really like, let's go do something really cool. Our team put together like this really cool like shipping container background. So it actually looks like a shipyard. 
And it's just, I mean, so excited to see it come to life. We're going to go to Miami to help them set it up. But that's definitely one to keep an eye out for. If you all watching haven't seen it yet, by the time this episode goes out, the studio should be done. So go give them a follow. Yeah, I think what else is there? It's just really fun seeing that final result where someone goes like, oh my God, like there's all these cool things that we could do. And then they sit down in their studio for the first time and they go, oh my God. It like breathes a lot of confidence into them, you know, because when you see yourself in a studio, you realize, oh my God, I'm, I'm among the best of the best. Like I look like a masterclass. There's no difference between me and like Steve Martin's masterclass, you know, or Neil deGrasse Tyson or whoever it is, right? It's like, I look just like that person. I must be, I must belong and have a voice worth listening to now on the internet. You know, and you don't have to be someone who like carries themselves perfectly. I'm wearing like a super wrinkly shirt. I just pulled it off, you know, <laughs> the top of my my shirt stack. But the studio does the job of holding that weight of carrying like, hey, this is content worth listening to or all that stuff that we carry around on our own shoulders, thinking that we have to prove ourselves to be worth listening to, to take up space. The studio lets you do all that stuff and you can just show up as yourself. I know that was another tangent. <laughs> my my ADHD brain <laughs> just loves to go in circles. First of all, um, I said it before in one of our interviews, and I will say again, we welcome tangents. This is a safe tangent space. I, my squirrel brain, which again, dear loyal listener, you know I have a squirrel brain, loves a tangent, so don't worry. My job is also to bring us back in from the tangent and enjoy it. So, And also, I think you said something that leads me to my next question, which... Usually, I mean, you can also give me another answer if you prepared another answer, but I'm actually going to go a bit specific because now I remember one of the pieces of content that I found you through was a breakdown of an example of like, you know, masterclass. If you don't know what masterclass is, literally go to masterclass.com. Uh, masterclass video setups. And you did like a bit of a breakdown. You kind of talked about some of the cool things to look at when you are looking at, you know, some of the trailers and stuff. And I absolutely love that. And I think a lot of people know what Masterclass is and because you've probably seen in ads and other things like that. You know, we've got people, as you said, like Steve Martin, Gordon Ramsay, obviously teaching us. And I love the idea of carrying the weight and how we can feel like we can do the same. So I wanted to ask you, actually, so the original question obviously is about any strategies or framework that you learned from other people that stood out. So obviously you can answer that too. But I'm going to start by asking you on this vein. What about think places like Masterclass? If we were to use Masterclass as a case study, what would be one lesson that we can learn from the way that they do video or they do the setup? Or, you know, what is one thing maybe that is like a little thing that we can pick up that maybe we didn't even notice that really works with our brains? Yeah, I guess one of the, the nicest um, just nuggets that I've been thinking about lately is this idea that more lights is more important than more light. So many people make the mistake of just flooding themselves with a bunch of light. They think that's the function of lighting, just to make sure that they're visible. And true, you don't want to be invisible like in the darkness, but the function of lighting and, you know, by extension, your, your camera settings, your lens choice, your camera choice, audio even, everything is just to provide a sense of depth, right? We're, we're kind of painters painting a 2D uh, rectangle into this 3D space that the person should feel like they're actually invited into. You can even see like, that's why I have a couch. Like it makes the person psychologically feel like they have a space for them in my content, you know? And so when you're using lighting, just kind of think about, it's more important to have more lights, 
more individual pieces of light than overall quantity because the lights shine on different objects differently depending on if the object is in front or behind the light or to the side. And those give your eyes context clues like in real life where things are actually positioned. So you can create that 3D depth in that 2D space. And that's a tip that kind of carries over more broadly. Every single thing, including audio that you can't see is all about depth, right? And even like, what is depth, right? It even carries over to like the, the, the meta big picture of what we're trying to do in the first place with content. Depth is making something pop and something else recede. You can't have everything pop, right? And so what you're trying to do is, what is, what is that really? It's, it's attention, it's guiding a, the viewer's attention. Right? And so when you can guide that person's attention, you're just using all these little tools to kind of nudge them towards what you want them to pay attention to, to stick with you, to follow you, to keep track of what you're saying and, and this journey you're guiding them on. If you understand depth, you can find it in basically every single component of a studio. And there's this acronym that I like to give people. I know it's a lot of things to keep track of, right? You know, so I, I tell them C lab, C for camera, L for lighting, A for audio, B for background. So C-Lab. So you can find depth in every single one of these areas, you know, whether it's Masterclass or any other inspiration of another studio that you might like. Kind of, if you think through those components, that'll get you well on the way to, to looking way better. You know, just think, how can I add a little bit more depth in whatever it is I'm doing right now? That's amazing. And I actually remember you mentioning that in the thread that I found originally, there was a mention of that and kind of going back to that depth. And it's one of those things that instinctively we kind of know when we think about it, we realize, oh yeah, this is actually, I can, I can see the difference when I, when I notice that, but as you say, it's just going back to our subconscious brain and be like, this is why we, we kind of feel, as you say, almost part of the picture or part of the experience is thanks to these little things as well. So thank you so much for sharing that as well. Just going to check, did you also prepare a framework or a strategy to jump out at you from the original question, just in case you want to share that too? But if not, this is already lots of uh, golden nuggets. So I just wanted to ask you about that first. Yeah, I don't think I had anything specific. When people ask about the frameworks, that's usually what I kind of share with them, this, this idea that when we're designing, basically designing anything, right? Like if I was to even ask you, what is the job of a director in a, in a movie? Most people think the job of a director is to, to say what happens when, or like what's on screen or where the camera is, right? But their job is actually to direct the viewer's attention, to direct what is happening in that person's emotional space. What, what journey are they going through? What sort of climax or release or tension are they experiencing so that they can live through that experience? And really everything when it comes to the interior design of the space, picking the color, choosing where in the space to film, where your background is, the lighting setup, all this stuff are just tools to craft that ultimate human to human interaction that you have. You know, and so going back to that first thing of the emotional payload, if you understand what it is that you want that person to believe about themselves or to experience or to go through, uh, or to feel about you, right? Like a warm, welcoming space, for instance, you can take that and just kind of design everything to that end. And it'll just be like this really beautiful, like pyramid of everything kind of pointing towards that end goal of where you want their attention to be. That's great. And the only thing I'm going to add to that, just to finish off, I can't know my peeps, is that obviously, if you're starting from nothing, we talked about the beginning, so I'm going to reiterate, 
it's about the baby steps, I think is about that kind of learning mindset, especially for something that can be really big, unless, again, either you hire somebody like Kevin or you do, you know, people do your course and then they kind of get a lot of that guidance. They still have to, put, you know, take action unless literally you do it for them. And I think it's that reminder that you will learn little things that maybe you want to improve, like your positioning around the camera or things like that that you kind of want to change and that is okay and I think it's it's literally a practice even I notice for myself little things that I'm like oh maybe I should be a bit higher to be in better frame or the shot or like the lights that we use and again it's also being kind to ourselves and not you know kind of beating ourselves up if the lights are not right or you know there's a lot of, you know things like that because the more we learn I think that's one of them blessings and the curse of learning things you're like oh yeah, I, there are a lot of shadows around my face and then you start feeling conscious. So it's about going back to the mindset of, okay, I learned that. Let's make a change and see how I can do it better next time. Because it's such a big, actually a bigger topic than we think and it's a bigger practice than we think to actually direct direct our viewers' attention and keep them engaged. You know, I think it can be a bit hard and that's maybe part of where the overwhelm comes from. So just for my pips, they are both excited and scared. You got this. We told you how to get started. I promise you're in the right direction already. You're on the right track. Yeah, I want to add to that. Um, you're getting me so excited kind of talking about that. I think another hugely overlooked piece is people don't realize that you should also design your studio to work for you. Like it should be an asset that serves you and not something that you have to serve. And so before I used to have like a setup that was just kind of really kind of harsh, like, and just kind of like, I didn't want to be there. And so even like the little things, like I really resonate with folks who feel like it's a little intimidating, you know, and all this stuff. And so finding little ways to even make your space feel welcoming to you. Like I added this felt pad to my desk. It just makes me feel a lot more like this is a space that I can just relax and be myself. You know, I'm even holding a blanket down here because whenever I'm, you know, having conversations, it, it makes me feel more at home. So Think through how you can make a studio that works for you to allow you to feel more safe on camera, to feel more at home on camera. All of that stuff allows you to produce more content, allows you to show up more, allows it to carry all the heavy weight that you don't want to shoulder all the time. Think about how you can make it into an asset for you rather than a liability that you have to plug yourself into, drains your energy just to get out there and do the content you think you you need to do. I love that. It's a bit like, <laughs> talking about blankets, it's a bit like Terry, which again, if you're watching the video, you'll see Terry again. Uh, it's coming back again for a little. Terry mm -hmm. is, so I'm going to tell you the story about Terry quickly. Terry is an avocado with a bubble hat, in case you can't see him and you're like, fab, this sounds great, but I can't see him. So uh, he is obviously a remnant of Creative Impact, my old business. Again, shout out to anybody who actually was part of the Creative Impact crew. And avocado was our logo because we used to be called Health Bloggers Community. So avocado has always been my thing. And because of that, my friends will gift me lots of avocado stuff. And so we have Timmy and Terry, who are twins, because I got gifted for Christmas one year, both of them, the same thing. And so Terry's been appearing in my videos, like both in different places. At first, I didn't think anything about it. And then people were like, oh my God, he's the best thing ever. 
I like him so much. I adore him. It was like, oh, we want more of him. So I started putting him as a little Easter egg every so often. You will find him in different places. And it almost also makes me happy. So it was kind of like, I put it there first because it was like, he's adorable. And if I kind of catch a glimpse of it, it makes me smile. And then I realized that my audience loved him too. So it's kind of become a little bit of a thing. You know, at first it was there just because it made me feel kind of safe and it made me smile. So I love that you mentioned like the little things that also make us feel more comfortable, especially if, you know, you have to do an interview, you have to do a conversation and maybe, you know, it's something new or somebody new. I think it's the little things that just give us that confidence, as you say, that the whole studio can bring upon us as well. And actually on that note, I got another question that might be related to this because it's about yourself it can be about your work it can be about your life but Kevin what is one thing that you have unlearned recently that has improved either your life or your work or both oh so many that's such a good question I think the one that jumps you know out at me is that I should not be the center of everything when it comes to building my business on the internet when it comes to showing up when it comes to really anything that I'm doing. I feel like the, again, the way that a lot of us get into doing this stuff, you know, making stuff online or building businesses and stuff like that is we tend to feel like there's something that we want to show other people like, hey, I'm really good at something or I, I want to prove to people something about me. And that can sort of sometimes get into this territory of I need to be the one who is writing every single email. I need to be the one telling my team exactly what to do and how to do it. When in reality, I think there's just so much more, I'm trying to put words around it, but there's just so much more of this groundedness that you can have, this this just peace and contentment when we realize like, we don't really have to be the center of attention all the time. We don't have to be the ones doing everything ourselves and building things in community, building things with people. I found that like, that's just so much more gratifying to me kind of breaking this belief that like I have to be the person capable of everything and allowing my team, allowing the people I work with to teach me stuff, to call me out on things, to show me where I can grow as a person. And I think business growth is just such an amazing thing because it's, you have to grow as a person and your business will follow, you know? So just leaning into that has been really cool. Yeah. And it's, it's just, there's a lot to unlearn there just even within that one thing, you know? So. I love that. And I think one of the biggest things about this that I want to reiterate, so thank you so much for sharing that, is that actually a lot of this comes down to understanding that when we take off some of this thing from our shoulders and it's very relevant for us as business owners and people that run businesses, but it can be relevant for anybody, especially even if you were to have a marketing career, let's say that you want to grow and you want to expand and you want to actually focus on other things. Understanding the power of, not just the delegation piece, which came with what you're saying, obviously, but it's also that delegation piece that allows you to learn from it by actually getting the input of other people. I like the idea of surrounding myself with people that are smarter than me, especially when it comes to areas that I know are not necessarily my main area of focus. So I'm really happy that you mentioned this because... Steph, again, shout out to Steph today, shout out to Steph. But obviously she does a lot of the editing and she's constantly telling me little things or suggesting little things we can try or to improve or, you know, to do together. And, you know, I know that that's not where I want to spend my time learning these things or perfecting these things is not my strength. And so I welcome that. And by doing that, I can see that we are doing better. We're doing things faster and smarter. So 
it's a lesson for anybody. If you want to get better, as you say, if you want to grow as a person, you have to lean into or being open for help and learning from the help that you're getting. So thank you very much. That was actually a great thing to remind us of. Oh, you put it really well. <laughs> well, I only had the great seeds that I had to reap, so it's fine. Now we're going to go quick fire. So if before we were looking at all these beautiful things, now we're going to go quick with choices. You've got to choose which one you're going to keep out of the two, but it's going to be quick. And okay. we're going to elaborate on a few of them, but we're going to start. We ready? Yeah, let's go. Spotify playlist or podcast? Spotify. Voice notes or text? Voice notes. Carousels or reels? Uh, reels. <laughs> was it hard because you couldn't choose one or was it hard because you really didn't need either of them? <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of the latter. <laughs> 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 well then i think if i'm gonna ask you the next one then that might be i mean i kind of think i know the answer but i want to see the next one is tiktok or youtube youtube hands down is it obviously you know obviously we know that with that but i'm gonna ask you though do you see yourself consuming kind of short form video content or it's something that just kind of doesn't appeal to you or you just don't really kind of take the time to create and kind of analyze and stuff sometimes i will watch shorts and stuff but it's just because like that's when my brain is so fried. I just kind of mm. need to, I don't want to say garbage content, just like junk food content. Um, there's some amazing shorts out there. Uh, but when I'm actually trying to learn and, and find stuff specifically, I'll try to watch long form. But I think there's also a mid ground. Again, like I think this is a tangent that I find really chewy. I, I've just found like, I think there's like a mid ground of not needing to consume and sometimes just like processing stuff instead. The processing the things that I've already consumed is like so overlooked. Oh my God, yes. I like, um, it's interesting you mention it because whenever we're running a certification cohort, like a big conversation is had about building your kind of your, your own systems using the second brain framework from Tiago Forte, who you mentioned earlier as well. We talk about obviously the book as well and all these things, but it's really about understanding that without the thinking and the implementation and the reflection, it's really hard for us to progress. So I love that you mentioned that even for what we consume, because I find that obviously as marketers, we teach them and we teach our students about obviously doing proper reviews and auditing of different things throughout the cohort. I find that it's interesting because people love to know the system, but then when we get to like actually the points of reflection, I see that's when we're rushing it or where a lot of students rush it because it's just, we're not used to it as much in a world of consumption to actually do the reflection piece. So. Excellent point there. It's a little, you know, tangent, but it's a great reminder of that as well. The time for processes and consumption. Um, I got two more. Newsletter or Twitter or X, I should say. Mm, probably newsletter. And finally, last but not least, memes or GIFs? Oh, memes. There's more story. <laughs> That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, every single time somebody says gifts, I feel like there's a little like joyful gift that goes on in my head with my little happy gift camp. But I'm partial to both. <laughs> I'm partial to both. But, you know, I'm, I'm team gift. So I if, if I don't gift. send a gift every couple of emails, there's something wrong, basically. <laughs> you got to check it out. Something wrong. Thank you so much, Kevin. Now, before we finish, I have one more question to wrap us up before you tell us a bit more about what people can find out more about you. We're actually wrapping up with me you know, bestowing upon you a power, believe it or not. And this power is for you to be able to broadcast one message 
onto everyone's phone. You've got one message, you can say one thing. What should that one message say? Oh, that's such a good question. I think I would just have it be two words, like, it's okay. That is so cute. <laughs> what a way to end. Oh, I love that. So let's repeat it again. What would it say? It's okay. Just in case anybody needed to hear that today. So yeah. thank you, Kevin. Yeah. If people want to hear more about you, I want you to tell us where they can go. But first of all, I want to thank you again for sharing all of the wisdom and also for really creating a space where you could share, obviously, as we mentioned, the tangents. But within that, I think there were so many gems about some of the things that we overlook or some of the things that we don't think about and really breaking down a system for somebody that might want to start exploring something new like a YouTube setup and this new type of online and offline home they can create for themselves. So thank you so much for being so open with us. And if people want to find out more about you, why should they go? Yeah, so I'm on YouTube at Kevin Shen. Uh, just search me up on YouTube. But if anybody wants to learn more about the studio stuff, we do have like a free email course that just like kind of guides people through all the steps so it's not as overwhelming. And they get some of our best guides of like this whole inspiration list, which is the first step in any studio build we take clients and students through. But we're at dreamstudiocourse.co. Right now we're dreamstudiocourse.com, but we're shifting over the domain name. So by the time this episode is out, we should be at dreamstudio.co. But yeah, there's a lot of free content out there that we've put out. So dive into that stuff. And if anybody needs more help, they don't have time to spend all this time and energy doing it. We have a team that's more than willing to help. So uh, feel free to just get in touch. It's on that website as well. Fantastic. Thank you so, so much. Team, as always, this was a very insightful chat. I'm so happy that we had this. We'll be back next time with more ways to market to hearts and making an impact with your marketing. But in the meantime, it's all class is missed.